Praise the Lord. So <clears throat> I want to start out with, if we can stand to honor God's word, Exodus chapter 20, starting at verse 12. You guys have heard this before, but it says, honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Amen. Brother JJ, would you ask the Lord's blessing on this message? Amen. You may be seated. So, you know, as you probably, anyone have ever heard this verse before? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, it's one of the Ten Commandments. In fact, <clears throat> this is number five, the fifth. So out of the two tables of stone in the Decalogue, the very first stone, the first table of stone, each and every one of those, one through five, dealt with our relationship with God. The next five deals with our relationships with others. So the first time I heard that, I, from Brother Reed out, I, this was several years ago, I emailed him, I said, did I hear you correctly? I typed it up. I said, I'm not really sure. I thought... You said that this fifth, the first five deal with our relationship with God, and the next five deal with our relationship with others. I would have thought that this would be my relationship with others. He said, no, you heard correctly. Because the mom and dad, we are representatives of God to bring up our children in the way that they ought to go. This is commandment number five. It was on the first table. So the first five that deal with our relationship with God. It is the first commandment with promise, as you know. So the, the title of this message today is um, Strong Liquid. Now, I don't know if anyone was here early enough that Christy was making some strong liquid in the back. Um, and it was, um, it was good. It was really good. Special Mother's Day liquid, strong liquid. No, that's not what it, that's not what we are doing. But uh, can you pull this picture up uh, uh, right here, uh, Jonathan? Look at that. Isn't that pretty cool? Isn't that awesome? What do you guys think of that? Any thoughts? What, what do you think? What's that? A bowl drinking water. What's that? A mountain cow? In ancient Hebrew, they used to use pictograms, and this, here is the pictogram for mother. <laughs> there it is. It means strong, because, you know, in Hebrew, I don't know if you knew this, they read from right to left. But that first one, it means uh, strong, means strength. And that next one, uh, it is a liquid. And they figured that this strong liquid would be something like a glue. Glue was made by placing the hides and other animal parts of slot or other animal parts in a pot of boiling water. 
as the hide boiled, a thick, sticky substance formed at the surface of the water, and this substance was removed and used as a binding agent. So this is, that's it, that's, your, that's that, that really strong liquid. Mother is one whose arms hold the family together through her work, through her love. And so that's the job of a mother. Anybody had a mother like that? When no one else seemed to care, guess who cares? Mama. Mama cares. You know, you, you, you ever meet those kids that you look at them, you're like, <laughs> that right there is a face only a mother could love. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Anyone ever heard that phrase before? A face that only a mother could love. There are some children, I see them and I think, that's got to be a child that only a mother could love. And uh, my dad uh, was a jailer one time, and uh, he was a jailer up there when, when we were in Winnemucca. And he said um, he met so many people while he worked in that jail, and he said there was nobody in that entire jail that was guilty. He said, just ask their moms. None of them were guilty. They were just the wrong place at the wrong time, hanging out with the wrong person. He said, none of them were guilty. I'll never forget that. And that, I found that to be true. I found that to be true as a pastor. You know, you try to sometimes correct somebody's child, uh, you might be in trouble from mama. Mama bear comes out. You guys know what I'm talking about when mama bear? Oh, man. So my mother, she was no different. Because I was the PK, the punk kid, the preacher's kid, you know. And people would go and they would complain about me to my dad. And my dad would say, son, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be doing that. My mom would come to my defense. I had at least one defender on this earth. So I was thankful to have uh, my mother, um, even though probably at times when I was guilty. She still defended me. You know when the teacher, that mother wants to go to school and straighten out that teacher? But sometimes moms are not that glue that holds. Oh, I'll tell you a story. One time, my mom, I bought my first house when I was 21, and my mom didn't think I was doing things right. She didn't think I was living like I should be living. So I got a door knock one day at my house, and I opened the door, and there's my mom. And she walks in. She says, sit down. And I sat down, and she gave me what for. That's the kind of mom that I had. You know, the kind that would call and say, hey, you need to not be so tough on your children. But she was tough on me. She, we, we would leave service and she, she would say, did you hear what the preacher preached today? None of you guys went to the altar. And we'd be like sitting in the back, you know, little kids. So that was my mom. My mom was tough. But there is the blessings and the cursings, Mount Gerizim and Mount Evil in the book of Deuteronomy. When they were to come into the land, 
uh, he was to separate the tribes and he was to pronounce the blessings and the cursings. Listen to some of this in Deuteronomy chapter 28. It shall come to pass if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. So skipping down to verse 56, it says, The tender and delicate women among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness, her eye shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom and toward her son and toward her daughter. Here is a woman that in normal circumstances wouldn't have her eye against her husband and her children. But not following God's laws, not doing the way, being in the way of God, you can see. The next verse, and toward her young one that cometh out from between her feet and toward her children, which she shall bear, for she shall eat them for want of all things, secretly in the siege and straightness, wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates, if thou wilt not observe to do all the words of this law that are written in this book. So we can see in this society, in this day and age, there's some mamas that aren't strong liquid. There are some mamas that aren't being the glue that they need to be to hold their families together. You heard the song by Phillips Craig and Dean that says, Mama liked to burn the midnight oil down on her knees in prayer. You guys know what I'm talking about? I mean, maybe when no one else thought there was any hope for me, I think my mom had hope. Maybe when no one else, I think my mama was on her knees in prayer praying for me when no one else thought about it. And so Proverbs 29, 15 says, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Do not leave your children to themselves. I just want to make sure. People say children are a blessing of the Lord, and I, I, I would say children are intended blessings. I really believe they're intended to be blessings, but so many times they leave that child to themselves. But foolishness is bound in the heart of a child and the rod of correction, and we need that strong glue. We need that somebody say, hey, you need to live right. You need to do No, you're not doing that. Anyone had their mom straighten them out? Sister Christy, did you have your mom straighten you out? So, now I like this. Um, anyone read The Twelve Rules of, uh, for Life by Jordan, Dr. Jordan Peterson? Anyone read that book? So we were having Bible study at Danielle's house a while back, and Matthew came up to me and he said, hey, he said, here's this book, Jordan Peterson. He goes, I think you ought to read this book. I said, Matthew, I... It's okay. I'll, I, maybe I can order it. And he goes, no, you can borrow it. I said, I don't want to borrow it. And so he, you know, he pushed, he pressed his way. So I grabbed the book and, and I thumbed through it. And I thought, I'm going to give it back to him on Sunday. I gave it back to him on Sunday. And then I decided to download the book. And the fifth rule in Dr. Jordan Peterson's book just really got my attention. The rule says, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Don't let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. 
Because if, you, if they could do something that you would dislike, guess what everyone else thinks about them. And I've seen children in the past, and I thought, man, their mom and dads aren't doing them any favor. Because uh, I don't think anybody wants to be around them. Nobody. And I've told some parents in the past, you're not doing your children any favors at all if you're the only ones that like them. Right? I mean, that's just me. And so I, how many times when my children were young, I'd sit down and I'd say, just trust me, guys. When we walk into a place, me and my wife walk in and there's eight children walking, you know, eight children, you know. People are like, oh, no. Are we going to be able to eat in peace? And so we would have our little training sessions. And I would sit down. I would say, hey, guys, here's the, right? Do you guys remember this? And I say, here's the proper way to act in a restaurant. Is this okay to act in a restaurant? Running around the table and just grabbing stuff. And is that okay? No. No. What's the proper way to act? What about in the grocery store? So we'd go through all these different scenarios. And so we'd, then we'd go to the restaurant. I said, remember the training guys? Remember we talked about this? And they would sit there and they would be quiet. And the, the waitress would bring the little color crowns and the little paper for them to color on. And you guys have no idea how many people would come up to us strangers walk up and say, wow, we really, these children, wow, are these all your children? And uh, one time I was out to eat with my mother and I, my um, wife and some of the other children were not there, but I had the little boys with me and I was just sitting there and Joel and Judah were there. They were little at the time and I was just sitting there eating, talking with my mom and and long somebody comes along and they whisper in my ear, they said, good job, dad. And so I li- I, when I saw this rule by Dr. Jordan Peterson, I go, that's kind of like how I lived. I raised my children in such a way that I wanted other people to like them. I wanted them to be a blessing to this society. And so that's what we have to do. We do not leave our children to themselves. We shouldn't do it. And uh, too many times they will. Those children will bring their mother to shame. If there's anything I have confidence in, it's God's word, 100%. And so um, I want to read this to you. Um, Last night when I got home, by the way, we had a Bible quizzing tournament and our quizzers went down there and quizzed, and um, we uh, had two teams, and I think they did okay. I really do. I, I was pleased. I really was pleased with um, the learning experience that we had. Because <laughs> every experience is an opportunity to learn. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, uh, uh, the, Bubs and Judah, they did not win a game. But we got to learn. We got to learn some things. And uh, Joel and Caleb, they took second place. So. And we got to learn. We got to learn some things. And that's good. And, but when I got home, I, went, um, I came in and um, Christy, my sister, was there. Christy. And she said, oh, here's something that my, my sister Gina is preaching today in Loomis. 
and I called her earlier in the week, and I said, hey, Gina, can you send me some, uh, your message so I have something to preach on Sunday? <laughs> and she goes, you send me your message. <laughs> so uh, anyways, uh, so Christy said, oh, my sister Gina found this thing online, and, and uh, she goes, you ought to read this tomorrow. And I go, oh, this, okay, yeah, this kind of makes sense. This kind of fits. It's just a little something that somebody wrote, and this individual was named Mike Doyle. And his, the name of it is, We Had a Really Mean Mom. <laughs> Anybody here? You know what I'm talking about, Hannah? Can I get an amen? <laughs> Kylie, Smiley, can I get an amen? We had a really mean mom. Bubs, can I get an amen? Just a, just a head nod. How about it, Michael? No, she's not mean. But listen to this. What was that? Did I miss something? I thought I heard something. What did you say? You had, a re you had one, Michael? Oh, oh I, there's two Michaels. <laughs> I see. Was your mom mean, Michael? She wasn't so bad. <laughs> so the, here's what it says. We had a really mean mom. And I just have to say, after I read this, I'm like, uh, Mr. Doyle, I had a meaner mom. <laughs> but listen, we had a really mean mom. While other kids ate candy for breakfast, we had to have cereal, eggs, and toast. You know what I'm talking about? Energy drinks? <laughs> Sister Christy? When others had Pepsi and a Twinkie for lunch, we had to eat sandwiches. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, all the other kids got the white bread. I just totally felt out because I was the only one with the wheat bread. I didn't feel like I was cool, you know. You can guess our mother fixed us a dinner that was different from what other kids had, too. Mother insisted on knowing where we were at all times. You'd think we were convicts in a prison. <laughs> she had to know who our friends were, what we were doing with them. She insisted that if we said we would be gone for an hour, we would be gone for an hour or less. We were ashamed to admit, but she had the nerve to break the child labor laws by making us work. <laughs> we had to wash the dishes. We had to make the beds. We had to learn to cook, vacuum the floor. We had to do laundry. All sorts of cruel jobs. I think she would lie awake at night thinking of more things for us to do. <laughs> she always insisted on telling us the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. By the time we were teenagers, she could read our mind. Then life was really tough. Mother wouldn't let our friends just honk the horn when they drove up. They had to come up to the door so she could meet them. While everyone else could date when they were 12 or 13, we had to wait till we were 16. We had to wait till we were 18. Because of our mother, we missed out on lots of things other kids experienced. None of us have ever been caught shoplifting, vandalizing others' properties. We haven't been arrested. It was all her fault. Now that we have left home, we are all God-fearing, educated, honest adults. 
we are doing the best to be mean parents just like our mom was. And I think that's what's wrong with this world today. It just doesn't have enough mean moms anymore. You know, that strong liquid, that, that phone call that says, hey, you're not living right. You're not acting right. That, you know, that tough mom. We got to have those tough moms. And so that commandment, that fifth commandment, children, it talks about honoring. That's heavy. That's something just so heavy. And I, when I first realized that when I was younger, that I needed to honor my mother, and I heard that at a conference, and I heard the explanation of it, and I heard them say, it doesn't say honor thy father and mother if they are honorable. We're just supposed to honor them. This is a God-given position. And so I thought, well, boy, I'm going to have to really work on this. And so I, every Mother's Day especially, and every Father's Day especially, I would take time to try to think of ways to honor my mother and honor my father. It is the first commandment with promise that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. And so our parents, as God's representatives on this earth, they are the ones that hopefully are the ones who can present us a people prepared for the Lord. And when I was younger, my parents dedicated me to the Lord. Children are to obey their parents in the Lord. The Bible says, for this is right. It's not saying if your parents ask you to do something that's wrong. And sometimes parents do that. I was working with a guy one time and he said, oh, man, he goes, I was so mad at this teacher at, my, at the school. And um, she's telling my children stuff that, you know, how to respond to certain commands that I give. And, and I told my child to go get me a beer out of the refrigerator. And they're like, Dad, no. He's like, no, you go get me a beer. So I'm not talking about commands that are not godly. <laughs> but I'm talking about giving our children godly instructions. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If your mama and your daddy's still alive, you need to listen. If they give you godly counsel and advice, you need to listen. Jacob was in his 70s when his parents instructed him to go to another place and find a wife. King Solomon, he had asked for wisdom, and the Lord gave him what he had asked for. He's been considered by many to be the wisest king who ever lived. People would come from all over the world to hear his wisdom. They came with their tough questions so they could see if he could answer them, even the Queen of the South, she came with hard questions. And I'm sure she had wise people in her kingdom. But she was astounded at what she saw and what she heard from Solomon. One day, the mother of King Solomon approached him. And how do you think he, as the king, treated his mother? We can read about it in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 19. It says, Bathsheba, therefore went unto King Solomon 
to speak unto him for Adonijah. And the king rose up to meet her and bowed himself unto her and sat down on his throne and caused a seat to be set for the king's mother. And she sat on his right hand. Then she said, I desire one small petition of thee. I pray thee, say me, not nay. And the king said unto her, ask on my mother, for I will not say thee nay. So he rose up to meet her. A king just didn't rise up to meet just anybody. It reminded me of that scripture in Leviticus 19.32 that says, Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord to give honor and respect to the elderly. So he rose up before his mother. I was taught that. That was drilled into me as a young person. If you're sitting there and somebody elderly walks in, there's no place that you, you stand up and you offer them that seat. Anyone else taught that? All the older people. You younger people need to hear this. And so, you know, I would, I, my dad, my mom and dad, they made sure you rise up. You give that person that place of honor. And so the Jewish society, they had tremendous respect for the mother. Not all societies do or did. And so he bowed himself under her. And this was not something that you did to everyone or everything. You did not bow. There's scriptures that tell us there's some things you don't bow to. And in fact, we read in the book of Esther, Mordecai, you know, Haman, everyone bowed before Haman, but not Mordecai. But here's this man who had their reputation for being the wisest who ever lived. He bowed before his mother. He caused a seat to be set for her on his right hand. What does it mean to be on the right hand of somebody? Place of authority, advisory capacity. Work close with that person. It's a place of respect. It's a place of honor. It's a place of power. And he told her, ask whatever you want, whatever that petition is. I will not say thee nay. The issue is she didn't ask something for herself. She asked for somebody else who had a, not a very good motive in mind, the brother of David, Adonijah. That's why Solomon could not re, you know, grant her request. And so here's Solomon. He had tremendous respect for his mother. We can look at Jesus Christ among the eight utterances from the cross, he acknowledged his mother. He looked at his mother. He looked at John. He said, mother, thy son, thy mother. And what he was saying to John is, from this point on, you go and you take care of my mother. From the cross, Jesus acknowledged Mary. So we have at least eight passages that Tell us the importance of giving honor to our father and mother, to hold them in high esteem, to give them honor. And I recognize that not every mother has done the best job as God's representative, but we still have to honor her. We honor the position. It's a position that is not to be taken lightly. And I have this scripture, Sister Christie must have saw the, Crispy must have saw my notes from Proverbs 31, that virtuous woman in verse 10, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far 
above rubies. I did some research on this one time just to find out how valuable rubies are. And very precious rubies are very, very expensive. And her price is far above rubies. That virtuous woman, it says in verse 28 that her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. And so the Apostle Paul, in addressing Timothy, he said something that I've thought about over the years. He said, when I call to remembrance in 2 Timothy 1.5, the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I, and I am persuaded that in thee also. And so I thought Paul was saying, hey, this unfeigned faith that you have, Timothy, that was first in your grandma, and now in your, then to your mother, and now I'm convinced you have it as well. And so I want to give honor to our mothers today. My mother, um, when I was growing up, she was tough. Um, she didn't let me just do anything. Uh, she, uh, but she, she didn't spank me. She just yelled at me. Um, she gave me a lot of discussions. She a lot of sit downs and say, "Sit down, son." And she would reason for, with me, and I heard a lot of great advice from my mother. My mother is very wise. She's been around for a long time. She's seen a lot of stuff. And I learned a lot from my mother. And when I was in high school, she always got A's on my papers. <laughs> and I appreciated that, too. It's probably her fault that I can't write very well today. <laughs> I remember looking at that one paper and, and my teacher's another great job, Jimbo. He called me Jimbo. And I thought, mother, another great job. <laughs> but in my lifetime, I got a chance to meet two of my great-grandmothers. I remember them. In fact... Uh, my great-grandmother on my mom's dad's, my mom's dad's mom. She lived to be 102, and my wife got to meet her as well, and Jessie was a baby. We got a picture with her. And then my grandmothers, my mom's mom <coughs> and my dad's mom were Vanita and Vera, and they were tough moms. <coughs> and uh, I knew that my grandma Thorson, she really liked me because she didn't really like the girls too much. And I was the only grandson. So I think I was the favorite. Was I the favorite, Mom? I was the favorite. So, um, and then my other grandma, <coughs> I remember one time pretending to be sick so I didn't have to go to midweek Bible study so I could hang out with my grandma who was up visiting and who didn't want to go to church because she was Catholic. That was my grandma Vera, and that we really loved. I love my grandmothers. 
And, but my earthly mother is Rosemary Lynn. She was born Rosemary Lynn Diaz back in January of 1952. And she was the oldest girl of 11 children. And so she had to act like a, she was like a second mom to them. That's why she only wanted one child. Now, if she would have had her way, I would not have been born. Because <laughs> I was the second born. And so um, my mom, I remember as a child watching her and thinking, this has got to be the most unselfish mother I've ever seen. Because she would do anything for me, at least. And I've seen her do just about anything for people in the church. And... Um, so I appreciate my mom, and I love her. Happy Mother's Day. And to my wife, the mother of eight children, um, I want to give her honor because, um, you know, she's a good mother. And... Every one of her children know it. They appreciate it. And um, I appreciate marrying somebody that has, uh, you know, she takes her job as a mother very seriously. When I was growing up, if you acted up, you know, if you did something stupid, if you were disrespectful to your mom, my mom would say, oh, you just wait. You wait till you're a mom. And I, you wait till you're a dad. You disrespect, you, you wait till your children, you'll see how they respond. I thought, oh, boy, I better be respectful because I want my children to be respectful. And so my wife, um, she's been a great mother to my children. And I want to give honor to the, uh, the church, the heavenly Jerusalem, the mother of us all. Galatians 4.26 tells us. And so I have a, a, a good friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine. We met when we were, when I was a teenager, and we were at senior camp, and we were standing in line, and some random person walked up. I don't even know who the person was, and she said, are you guys brothers? And we looked at each other, never met each other. We looked at the girl and said, well, yes, we're brothers. We have the same mother. The church is the mother of us all. We didn't tell them that. We just, the whole rest of the week at senior camp, we told everyone we were brothers. And I want to give uh, honor to the mothers in this church today. You guys have a great responsibility. And if your children are alive, your job's not done. It's not done. You have a responsibility. It's a God-ordained responsibility. And so your job's not done. And so I give honor to all the mothers here. The Bible also tells us to treat the elder women as mothers. So we are to treat the elder women, with that kind of respect. And so at this point, I want to just give anybody a chance if you want to stand up and give honor to your mother. Anybody here want to stand and testify? Chauncey. <laughs> 